my purpose is definitely making an impact on the lives of women. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobe Mponsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. All right. So today we have Victory Omotayo. Um, she is a change maker, entrepreneurial activist, and founder of the 24 Hour Woman, which is a virtual accelerator program training women on how to package and monetize their knowledge and skill sets online. She also is head of business development and partnerships at Power, and she's also a, a Forbes Global Fellow. Like that's that's huge. She sits. She currently sits on the advisory board at Cornell University's Entrepreneurship Program for Women in STEM. Um, and Victory, she also has like um, a network, an online platform where she teaches um, any entrepreneur, anyone in general, how to monetize their skill sets online. You know, and and I'm going to be looking to do that with the Purposeful Story podcast to actually provide you guys programs. So um, I definitely want to reach out to Victory and, and, and see what her story is about because, you know, she's very, she's very purpose-driven, right? Just you can see that in all of her work. And I really wanted her message to be sent to you guys and my listeners. So Victory, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, Kobe. Really happy to be here. No worries. And I'm finally, I'm glad we were finally able to connect. I know you're super busy and it took a while for us to get this, this episode started, but nonetheless, I'm super, super happy and excited. Yeah, so am I. Okay. So I want to start off with your name, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's very powerful. I feel like I can't say your name. I can't say victory with being monotone. Like it's, it's very (laughs) powerful, but what's, you know, why were you given that name? Is there a story behind it? Yeah, so I have I get this question a lot and I've asked my parents if there was a story behind it, but there isn't. You know, I think the story behind it would just be the fact that my parents are Nigerian and if anyone's listening who's Nigerian understand that Nigerian parents really value the importance of name and they understand how that really helps you in your entire life's journey and it follows you. And so um, my name is Victory, and then I have three sisters, and the second one is Glory, the third one is Blessing, and then yes. the last one is Blossom. So my parents just, I don't know, I guess they were inspired at the time, but there's, there's no real story behind it, unfortunately. I wish there was, but there isn't. <laughs> well, I'd like to say that you guys, you, you, for you yourself, as far as I don't know your sisters, but you're creating your own story. You yes. Know? And I yeah. think that's, that's powerful in itself. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So what was your first experience with entrepreneurship like? It was, uh, <laughs> it was failure, really. I think I, so I started my first business in 2013 and it was a fashion-based business called Hustle 6. And I wanted to bring chic clothing to the Canadian market. Unfortunately, I had no experience in fashion. I had no experience in business. I thought the the main thing about business was to essentially do the busy work, like building a website, figuring out the logo, figuring out the colors and spending months and months just like trying to figure out the right outfit versus actually speaking to my customers. And so my first business did not last 
as long as I wanted it to. I had to close shop because I didn't make a sale. Um, and eventually I was in the red. So my first experience of entrepreneurship was, wow, people, people actually felt this. <laughs> it's not always a success story. So that was an interesting journey for me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And you know, when you started that first business, was there something else that inspired you or, you know, was it kind of, cause I, I'm Ghanaian and I know, um, in the African culture, specifically, even on the West side, Nigerians are, are, they're, they're huge go-getters. They're very entrepreneurial minded. It's part of, you know, the Nigerian culture to be entrepreneurial minded. Did, did that come from your family at all? Yeah. So my mom, um, I always tell the story how when you think about the traditional family, you see the man is the breadwinner. The man does this and he brings home the cake, with the cake, the, the money. Um, and my, my dad was definitely working. He's always worked. But my mom was an entrepreneur in my family. And so when I grew up, I grew up with her owning her own business. And growing up in that environment really shaped my mindset to really see the world differently and understand that if my mom can do it while raising four kids, while being a wife, while having different types, just different activities she was doing, then I can do it as well. And so growing up and seeing that normalized really helped shape me to think, hmm, maybe owning my own business someday is something that I could possibly do. So I definitely give her kudos to that for just growing us up in that mindset that you can start your own business. And if you want to, you should. Got you. And what, what type of business was your mom doing? So she had a uh, center, like a phone center in Nigeria. Um, and she also had like a shop where she sold like groceries and stuff like that. So my mom did a lot when we were growing up and I still don't know how she did it all. But yeah, she had like a physical location where she was um, like a phone center for people who wanted to use computers. And then she also had like a shop where she sold like groceries and stuff. So pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah my mom is my mom's similar. She's uh, she's a full time nurse um, and she's very entrepreneurial as well. Um, yeah. And I just, I always, I always admire because, you know, I have, I have two other siblings, but it's like, they just go, they don't really complain. They just go. It's just part of who they are. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to that experience. Yeah. Where were you, where were you born and raised? So I was born in Nigeria and I was raised there for the first 11 years of my life. And then we moved to the UK. Um, and then I moved to Canada when I was 16. So and now I'm in the U.S. I've, I've, I don't even know. Where was I raised? I would say I was raised officially. I would say Nigeria, actually. Yeah. Even though it was only the first 11 years of my life, I would say that's where I was born. That's where I was raised. That's where I call home. Um, but I also see home in the U.K. as well, because I feel like that's where I really grew into who I am today was in the United, in the United States, in the United Kingdom. Um, but yeah, that's I was I've been around. <laughs> Interesting. And what yeah. was that experience like for you um, living in Nigeria to the age of 11? It was pretty sheltered. Um, to be honest, I don't remember a lot about Nigeria. And I think that's just mainly me suppressing memories. Um, but I would say growing up with my dad having four daughters, we were pretty sheltered. And there was a lot of things that I feel like I really didn't know until I was outside of that. So when I moved to the UK, I moved without my parents. I moved alone um, to live with my aunt and uncle. So I think when I was away from the cocoon of my parents is when I started to actually see the world for what it really was. Um, I think going to the UK was the first time where I realized the color of my skin and how important that was because I just didn't grow up in that culture. Everyone in Nigeria that I see is black. We all look alike. And so when I moved to the UK was when I actually started to understand the world as a whole versus just the world that was built for me by my parents. 
Got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, that you talk about that because, um, you know, I, I'm originally from Ghana and I was, I was born here. Um, but you know, most people in, in, in Africa, they don't, they don't really see themselves as a specific color until they go outside of, you know, where they've been. And then people are calling them that color, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, yeah. we, we call ourselves black, but you're not necessarily black until you move out from that space. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Interesting psychology there for sure. Yeah, definitely. So throughout your career, you know, you've had, you've held a lot of different positions, you know, and you've been with a lot of very forward thinking companies. Um, but for me, one, one company that really, really sticks out is, is Shopify. You know, I see you're wearing the Shopify shirt right now, <laughs> um, but you were a business development and partners manager over there for payments mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, yeah. And I really admire the, the CEO of CEO and founder of, of uh, Shopify, Toby Luca. You know, he has a very powerful story that I'm sure you know, and um, you can see that many people within that company are very entrepreneurial minded and forward thinking. Yeah. Um, but what was that experience like for you working at Shopify and what did you learn from it? I mean, yeah, I think one thing you alluded to as well is a lot of smart people work at Shopify and that starts from the top, which is the founder and learning about his personal experience and just knowing that that is a culture that they've built to me. I definitely commend them for that. I think it was hard for me to find someone in a company that didn't have a side hustle or something that they were doing to really further their personal development outside of Shopify. So for me, it was amazing experience working with really, really smart people who actually cared and believed in the mission. And I think a lot of times company always, companies don't always understand the importance of having people in your company who truly, truly believe in your mission and are working in this with the same goal in mind. And I think with Shopify, we see where Shopify was when it first started to today. That's one of the reasons why it is where it is, because everyone who works there actually believes in the mission and actually believes in making commerce better for entrepreneurs everywhere. And so for me, it was a really great experience just really being around all of these smart um, individuals in my company, in the company. So it was a good experience. Got you. Yeah. And um, when, when you were there, did you, like, was your brain always like, I want to stay at Shopify for a long time? Or was it kind of like, I want to go to Shopify, learn, grow and then and then move on like what was yeah. your, where was your mindset at for me shopify was the next level so i guess i can start with my backstory so i graduated with a sociology degree and when i graduated i honestly did not get the jobs i hoped to get i was working you know odd jobs that paid me like 11 dollars an hour 14 dollars an hour and so i went back to school and i took my master's degree and i took it um in waterloo so it was a master's in business entrepreneurship and technology and for me that was the 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 goal of myself was just like how can I really educate myself to get into tech I was always interested in tech but I just didn't have that path to get into that so for me with Shopify Shopify was of course it's one of the biggest tech companies in Canada and that was definitely a goal for me was to get into a company like Shopify to really learn the ins and outs of technology um, but also just being a company that also is part of my personal mission and one thing you said at the beginning was the fact that a lot of the companies that i've worked for they all kind of have one center theme and that's just me as a per- as an individual i have my own personal mission i am very very obsessed with entrepreneurship and really helping people especially small business owners find success and so for me that was what shopify was to me was to be in that environment um and it was a stepping stone that i used to get to where i am today as a head of business development and partnerships at a startup was having shopify on my resume having that experience, being able to think differently, a lot of things that I learned beyond my role in payments was what Shopify was to me when I first had my interview, when I got the job, 
job, when I worked there, and when I left. So that was literally what Shopify was to me. It was a stepping stone into becoming who I wanted to be. Interesting. Yeah. And even with your background as well, I, I tell a lot of people who are trying to get into tech, um, and I'm going to assume you can attest to this too, but you don't need to have um, like a technical background mm-hmm. to actually get that foot into technology. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think that's important, but, you know, you just need to have the, the work ethic, right? And then there's also different aspects of technology that don't require that technical, technical aspect, right? Would, yeah. you, would you agree with that? I definitely agree. And I think a lot of, what's one of the main reasons why people don't get into tech because they, I mean, I thought this when I first started that, well, I don't have an engineering degree. I can't code. I don't know anything about coding. Um, like what is React? You know, what is, what is any of that? I had no idea what that was. But one thing I did realize was when it comes to tech, it's not really more so about your degree, but more so about your experience and what you can bring to the table. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I started my first business, obviously because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I also understood the importance of having things outside of my resume, things outside of the desk, me working on my business, me volunteering somewhere, whatever it is that really shows how I think. Because when it comes to tech, it's really like, what, how do you think as an individual? And I feel like really finding different opportunities outside your resume is very, very important. Even if you have an English degree, a biology degree, a sociology degree like me, they don't care about that. They just care about who you are as a person and things that you have done to further your own mission in life. I think that's important. And a lot of things that people really miss about tech is it's not about your degree. It's really about how you think. So. Got you. Yeah. Hmm. Powerful stuff. So, I mean, you have, you have quite a bit on your plate right now. And, and I would say, you know, you, even with all your positions, I think you could have stayed there. I'm sure they're very well-paying positions. Um, you know, Shopify, you were there for, for a couple of years and, and mm-hmm. a lot of other companies that you've worked on, worked at. But what I want to ask is like, why did you want to move on and move forward? You know, what is the reason behind you continuing to build and grow each day? Like, I really want to dig into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know. It's so hard to explain because I feel like I was born like this and it sounds so cliche, but I am very intentional and I feel like the need to always want to strive for better for myself is very important. And, you know, yes, I have worked at quite a few companies and yes, I have not stayed at all those companies. And it was mainly just because for me really trying to uplevel myself and realize like, where do I need to be to become who it is that I want to be? And all these companies were one step in my season and my journey to becoming where I am today. And for me, it was just more of like giving my all to a specific company, learning as much as I can learn. Once I feel like I need the next step, if that company does not provide that, I'm moving on to the next available opportunity. Um, That's just me. I'm always trying to do better, trying to be better. And so that's one of the reasons why, yeah, I'm just always trying to figure out what is the next step for me? Where can I really provide my time? Where can I make the most impact? For me, impact is it for me. Um, that's how I measure success. And so for me, it's like, what kind of companies can I make the most impact at? And that's, those are the companies that I want to work for. Got you. And when you say impact, what does that mean to you? So impact for me is just like, how does it impact the lives of other people? So mm-hmm. for me, when I think about my business, impact for me is even if it's one woman who says to me that because of something I learned from me, I was able to start that business because of something I learned from me, I was able to finally believe in myself for me, just seeing how the ripple effect of one person on the lives of others is what for me is impact. And that's what I always measure myself on. It's not really about the money. It's about how can I really help someone else believe in themselves? How can I help someone else start that business? How can I give another woman a blueprint that she's currently lacking to get to the level that she needs to be? 
And it's the same thing with companies as well. I work at a startup right now for a specific reason. How can I help this startup grow to where I believe they can be? Um, and of course, the startup really helps entrepreneurs as well, which is in line with my personal mission. And so just really figuring out ways that I could be better for myself to really impact the lives of others is what I strive to be. So powerful, powerful. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, there's a lot of my there's a lot of my listeners who are looking to get into technology, or some of them are already in the technology space. But mm-hmm. listeners and people that I come across in passing, um, COVID has really sped up the process of technology, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fast forwarded. I think it was the, the position we're in today was already coming. It just sped everything up. Yeah. Um, but for individuals who are looking to get into tech, how do they align themselves with that specific company? So. Do they do a mass reach out to all those companies or do they like pinpoint that specific company? What are some strategies that you have used in the past to align yourself with these types of companies? Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake people make is I just want to work in tech and I want to work anywhere. I feel like in terms of like an interview and working for a company, you're interviewing them. It's not the other way around. And because at the end of the day, that's a company you're going to work at. That's a company that you're going to help forward their mission. If you don't believe in that mission, there's no point. So for me, what I had to do was figure out, first of all, who am I as a person and what do I want to do and who do I want to be? And so by doing that, I was able to narrow down the search of companies that I felt like would be more aligned with my personal mission. Because based on my personality, if I don't believe in your mission, you will tell. My work will slack. I will not be able to produce anything. Uh, I have to believe in your mission and I have to love what I do for me to continue to press forward. And so for me, understanding who I was as a person and knowing that entrepreneurship is the space that I want to be in. I wanted to work for companies that had that personal mission. They weren't in it for the money. They actually truly believed in helping these people. I feel like that's the first step is understanding your personal mission. Once you do, narrow down the search to a couple of companies and reach out to people on LinkedIn and talk to them. Don't just say, hey, I want to work at your company. Could you help me get in? No, try to get to know that person. Actually ask questions. How do you like working here? Um, if you were to, you know, recommend whatever, like what would you recommend to this person? And just really try to understand like the culture. Because the thing is, a lot of companies say, we're looking for culture fit. We're looking for culture fit. But you can't really tell that culture outside right? You have to be in to understand that. So the only way to really understand the culture is to speak to people. Um, Mm -hmm. I always like to look for people who look like me in those companies. I try to find black people in the companies to really say, hey, let's talk one-on-one and let's be honest here. You know, like, how do you like working at this company? Um, I feel like that's the first step. A second step, after you've done that, then I would say definitely like reach out, find recruiters on LinkedIn, try to talk to them. I know we can't network right now because of COVID, but there's definitely different ways for you to connect to people who work at these companies and see if you can get in. Um, Because to be honest, I would say like about 50% of people who work at tech companies will probably refer versus applying like the regular way online. So trying to build connections with people in those companies will take you a lot further than just sending your resume out, in my opinion. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Um, One thing I want to ask too is, you know, you're entrepreneurial and then you also have um, the full-time work that you do with the startup. Um, and you seem to have done that a lot throughout your career. Um, talk to us about that experience for you. Is this something that um, can sometimes be overwhelming or is this something that, you know, once you're in line with, in line with a company that understands someone who is entrepreneurial, they're okay with that. Like, how do you, how do you navigate through that space? 
I mean, it's definitely overwhelming sometimes. I'm not going to say it's great because it's not. There are some days where I feel like quitting. <laughs> it's just because it's a lot. Um, and when it comes to having a job and a business, you have committed to both. And so you kind of have to manage your time. Um, but for me, also stems from what you said, working for companies that do understand that I have a business, um, companies that are flexible, companies that don't track your hours per se, that understand as long as you get the job done, it doesn't really matter how you do it. Um, for me, again, part of my personal mission in like, creating steps of like who are the companies that I want to work with and what are the like absolutely this is going to be like if you don't say yes to this I can't work with you I always tell people in interviews just want to let you know I have a business right I do have a business um, and of course I would love to work at your company because I believe in your mission I want to help further that but I need you to understand that I also have a business um, thankfully the business that I'm in with the business model doesn't really require much of my time and one thing I always tell entrepreneurs uh, people who have a job is if you're trying to start a business while working I will always recommend starting a course or a coaching program because it doesn't necessarily require your time for you to execute. You can pre-record the videos. You just have to focus on selling. And with selling, you don't have to sell 24-7, right? If you have the systems in place, the selling does itself for you. And so having that business model has been very, very beneficial. I mean, right now, I probably spend about four hours a month with my clients um, because of the business model that I'm in. The other outside, of, the other parts of that is me trying to figure out how to grow the business versus struggling to get clients or struggling to deliver to my clients. And that doesn't take away from my job. And so again, the business model is important because if you want to find a way to manage a full-time job and a business, you need to be very, very, very picky about the business model that you choose. And to me, a course or coaching program is the best model. Got you. Yeah. All right. Okay. And how long have you been doing your coaching business so far? Yeah, I'd say it's been like a year. Um, yeah, I would say like, it's been a year since I've been like focused on it, like a hundred percent focused, <laughs> not just like, Ooh, I'm a coach, but like actually focusing on it and growing the business. It's been a year. So. Interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting how now this, what you've been, what you were doing was before, before COVID, it wasn't really the norm. And now it's the norm. Did you see a change in, in business growth after, uh, once COVID hit? A hundred percent. Everyone realized, wow, my job is not as com like, it's not the be all end all. Like I need to do more. I need to be more. And I feel like COVID really definitely shifted a lot of people's mindsets in terms of like, what more can I do? Um, some people were laid off. Unfortunately, you know, some people were just like really thinking, you know, if the world ends, would I have said I did what I wanted to do? Would I have lived out my purpose? And so I feel like the coaching education industry boomed during COVID. A lot of people saw like ridiculous growth for their business me included. Um, and for me, I think that's a good thing because it shows that people are starting to think about what is outside of my nine to five? What is outside of my desk? What is, what else is there? How can I live out my purpose? Right. You know, what is that God given talent that I have that I've been leaving on the sidelines? How can I utilize that now to help other people? For me, it's great. It's great that people are thinking about this. Um, it makes me really happy to see women say, you know what? Yes, I believe in myself. And yes, I'm going to do something about it. To me, that's where the excitement comes from is having some, a woman stand up and say, be gone fear of failure, be gone imposter syndrome. I really want to do this and I'm ready. How can I get started? Got you. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, we were talk we've just been talking about, we've been talking about COVID and the tech boom that we've seen. Um, but talk to us about, you know, what you think are spaces that are still underutilized. Mm, spaces in just like in the tech industry or because you, you, you cut off a bit. I can't hear yeah, you. Spaces, spaces in the tech industry. 
that are un- underutilized? Mm, underutilized. I mean, that's a really tricky question. So are you saying more of like what industries are there in the tech, in tech in general that just don't get the attention, like underserved industries? Yeah. So when I, when I say underutilized, I mean like um, essentially, you know, what areas are there still opportunities for? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the tech industry, if you are looking to start your own business that are very untapped, people aren't really looking in this direction. Because, um, for example, um, for me, I know uh, I know a real estate investor who he had Airbnb, right? And Airbnb took a, a major hit. Um, but one underutilized area in um, the rental space is renting out your space for certain events, right? So there's a lot of... Um, movie production companies that will be happy to pay you, you know, a thousand dollars an hour Mm. to rent your space versus, you know, renting out a whole entire actual space, like an actual event company where they'll charge you maybe $10,000 per hour or something like that. Right. Right. So that's what I kind of mean by underutilized. I don't know if you have anything in, in your head that you've come across, but that's kind of what I mean by that. I mean, I would say like, Pre-COVID, I would definitely say the travel industry is still pretty outdated and I feel like technology needs to. So I I mean, I had like a business idea in terms of like travel and how to make that a seamless experience. I would say that there's certain industries that are just so outdated that definitely need restructuring with tech. Um, travel is one of them. I would say uh, even health. I would yes, there's a lot sure. in health that needs to I was be just going to say technology. that. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of industries that I feel like are just far behind and I don't know why, cause I'm not in those industries, but, um, I think people see tech as evil, which it could be, I get it, but I see tech as helping other people make their lives easier. And for me, there's a lot of industries that I feel like could really tap into that. And again, healthcare would be one of them. Um, another one would definitely be the travel industry as well. Um, I'm trying to think of another one, but I would say I'll stick with those two for now. Got you. All right. Yeah. So what's next for victory? (laughs) What's next for me is continuing to grow my business. Um, I made my first hire uh, last month. And for me, the next step would be trying to make another hire sometime in the next couple of months. Um, But yeah, for me, what's next is really building an empire for myself and my family um, really just thinking what is next for my business and how can I grow my business to, you know, a seven figure brand, which is my goal. And so that's, that's what's next for me. It's just digging down into the books and trying to figure out how to grow that business. For sure. Okay. Yeah. This is the purpose round where entrepreneurs, creatives, and social impactors are asked a series of questions that highlight their true purpose. All right. So welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So victory, what is your purpose? Yes. So my purpose, I think I mentioned this as well in terms of like impact, I would say my purpose is also my personal mission. And so my mission is to demystify entrepreneurship for women. And that's what drives me. It's really figuring out how I could um, help other women um, make an impact on other women's lives or other people's lives. Um, And it starts with me. So my purpose is definitely making an impact on the lives of women. All right. Yeah. And what is the key everyday habit that you do to fulfill your purpose? Um, for me, I would say living my life with intention. 
Um, and I feel like a lot of times, and I know you said to make this short, and I told you I was not going to do it's, that. It's no worries. <laughs> it's all good. Keep going. Um, living my life with intention and really ensuring that, you know, I ask myself a question every day, what I'm doing right now, how does it forward that personal mission? right? Is this the right activity for me to do? And so again, being intentional about my day has been very, very, very helpful for me to really focus on this revenue generating activities and activities that actually matter in my business versus just the quote unquote busy work. All right. Yeah. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Um, yeah, so this is kind of a personal one. Um, I never met my mom's dad, so it would definitely be my maternal grandfather just to sit with him and get to know him as a person and also get some some dirt on my mom if possible <laughs> um yeah definitely my maternal grandfather got you yeah if you only had a hundred dollars to build your own business how would you leverage that yeah um i mean based on what i know now about business i would say marketing i mean if you think about businesses in general uh businesses that fail lack marketing skills and skills that will help them sell their business. So for me, I would definitely invest $100 in trying to sell my business and use that to refine my offer for my for whatever business I'm starting versus building a website or figuring out a designer for a logo. It's more about the customer. That will be my focus. So that $100 will go to ensure that I know who that customer is and how I can actually sell to them. Got you. Yeah. What was your worst, imp- what was your most, your most impactful moment and what did you learn from it? So when I filled my first business, (laughs) um, I think for me, one thing I learned is the importance of customer research. And something that I teach my students today is validating their offer with a paying customer versus whatever Google tells you the problem is, or whatever your family tells you the problem is, or whatever you think the problem is. The only way you can really know the problem of your customer is if you speak to them. And so for me, that valuable lesson was if I didn't fill my first business, let's say I was successful, I never would have known that if I had only spoken to my customers, perhaps my success would have been a lot better. So customer first for me, and that's one of the valuable lessons that I learned when I filled my first business. Got you. Yeah. If, if you don't know who you're selling to, then you're selling to no one and everyone, no one. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um, yeah, this advice came from, from someone who understands that I, the old victory, used to try to focus on a million things at once. And that advice was to focus on one metric and leave the rest for later. And that is how I live my life now. And that's the same thing I try to teach my students is focus on that one metric, leave the rest for later um, versus being prideful of, oh, I'm a multitasker. I'm good. No, focus on one thing and leave the rest for later. So. Absolutely. Yeah. List your top three most influential books. Um, the first one that comes to mind is The Alchemist. And I feel like a lot of people probably feel this way. <laughs> it was an amazing book. Um, the second one would be um, Grit. I really liked grit. Um, it just taught me a lot about discipline, perseverance, things that I never, that I literally lacked because I, I am known for lack of patience. Um, and then another one was when breath um, becomes air. And this was more of like, it was kind of a sad book, but it really taught me the importance of life in general and how to see life. I mean, it sounds morbid. It's like, well, 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 we're all going to die eventually. And I think for me, all these books have the same thing in common in terms of making sure that I understood the value of purpose and understanding that it is literally my job to ensure that I'm living at my purpose every single 
day. Um, so yeah, those three books. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we preach on this podcast. Cause yeah. purpose is something that you were, you were born to do. Yes. Like it's, it's something that you were born, born to do. So yeah. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that in business, the only opinion that matters is the one that comes with the invoice paid. Mm. And the reason why I say this is because we generally go to friends and families and Google and mentors for advice on our business. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but unless they're your actual customers, they can't really tell you what to do or what not to do. So the one customer who does pay for your product and validate your product is the only opinion that should really matter um, for you as you're starting your business. So that's, that's something I, I mean, I don't think a lot of people agree with that, but I personally think again, based on my experiences, that is the only opinion that matters in business is the person who actually pays you. Jeez. That's a mic drop right there for sure. <laughs> and is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? Um, yeah. I mean, based on, you know, thinking about the purpose of your podcast, I would say motivation only gets you far. Um, consistency and discipline will get you further. So, okay. Yeah. And how can the Purposeful Story family stay connected with you? Um, Instagram, first and last name. Website, first and last name. LinkedIn, first and last name. Twitter, first and last name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just search me on Google. Um, you can always send me an email as well. Hello at victoryomatayo.com. More than happy to respond to questions. Um, but yeah, mainly will be Instagram for sure. So. All right. I think you're the only Victory Omotayo in the world. So. <laughs> You're, you're fairly actually I'm not I'm really? actually not yeah I found someone on Facebook who had the same name and I was very confused I was like there's no way this person has the same name as me <laughs> were you I feel like were you bothered were you like oh I thought I was I, wasn't it. I was I was bothered I was like <laughs> oh, I thought I was unique I guess not so great <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so uh victory victory Omotayo, we appreciate you coming on the show today thank you this was really great I'm glad I was here and thank you for inviting me as well no worries and thank you purposeful story family for listening to the purposeful story podcast and remember live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear talk soon this episode was brought to you by my senior editor podcast doc and the beats were created by dj nana don't forget to subscribe and leave a review all it does is drive more listeners to the podcast as we continue to share more purposeful stories to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.